Welcome to the Better Doctor Project podcast, where we link healthcare providers of all specialties to help us grow and learn from each other to be that much better for our patients. We sit down and talk about the fun things, the big and bright ideas, and we go over tons of practice tips and occasionally cover some pretty scandalous topics. Join us every episode to keep growing to become the best provider you can be. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. This is going to be episode 34 and we're going to be talking about how to have an awesome new patient visit. That first visit is so crucial, guys, and I personally went through this when I first moved to Michigan five years ago. I had some really rough PCP visits, and it that just goes to show why this visit is so important. You have one impression only to either make it or break it with that patient, and we should want them to be comfortable. That's really going to set the tone for that patient-doctor relationship, and we're going to talk today about tips on how to make it better. We're going to divide it into five categories, and we're just going to talk about why it's important and how you can make it the best it can be. So first and foremost, obviously the introduction is crucial. When you first walk into the office, we are all taught in our training to pretty much walk in, say your name, and immediately start with, what brings you in today? That phrase literally gives me the chills. What brings you in today? Ugh. It's just, it's so vague. It's so boring. And it's Our patients don't want us to be robots, guys. So my first recommendation someone actually gave to me a couple years ago, and it's transformed my first visit appointments. The very first thing you should do after you say your name and introduce yourself is establish a common bond, something that can link you guys, something that can link them to something regarding your office, just something. Most of the time, it can be something that you see on the paperwork. Sometimes you walk in and just see them wearing something that you can bring up. So let me give me a couple examples. The most common I think I do, generally we know who refers our patients in right off the bat because of what they say during their phone call when they schedule or on their paperwork. Sometimes it's going to be a family member, a friend, maybe the medical provider or a specialist that sent them to your office actually knows you personally. Find some kind of common bond. For example, hey Bob, I noticed that your medical doctor, your primary care is Dr. Van Wynen. That is wonderful. We work with his patients all the time. Please let him know. Thank you for sending you in. Simple, guys. Immediately calms them down. They're less stressed out about what they have to talk to you about regarding their health. On the flip side, it could be as simple as, hey, it looks like your dad's actually a patient here. Your dad sent you in. That's great. We love Mark. Awesome. Or maybe it's somebody that's finally starting as a new patient and you've been taking care of their kids for years. You guys, it's so simple. It's so straightforward. It immediately lets them know that you are human and creates this comfortable environment for them. So first and foremost, that is my top recommendation. Next, throughout the whole medical history, the entire first part of that new patient visit, it's also really important, pro tip, get the names of other providers in their medical world. So for example, if you're a primary care physician and you know that they're already seeing a neurologist every three months, every six months, every year, you should probably get that person's name. (laughs) Sometimes it's already going to be in their EHR, of course, but If it's not, or if they're going to an outside party that's not affiliated with your clinic or hospital, I highly recommend that you just get that information. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to do with it right away, but it's really, really good to have in case you need to fall back on. Personally, as most of you guys know, I'm a chiropractor. So the primary names that I'm getting are going to be primary care, neurologists, 
orthos, physical therapists, and then my personal favorite, I always, always, always get the OB information for all of my prenatal patients. Again, sometimes you automatically know what you're going to do with this, uh, and sometimes it's just good to have a fallback in case you do have to reach out to that patient regarding anything. The most serious case of this I can recall just fresh from memory, I had a patient come in and hadn't been in in a really long time and probably almost a year. And I could tell they were visibly having some very apparent and potentially dangerous mental health problems. They had also lost over 70 pounds in a short amount of time. And they just looked really disheveled. And I was immediately concerned. He was only going to see me for back pain. And I knew that I would probably only see him a couple times. So I actually went back to his initial paperwork and our initial soap from that first visit, which was literally over a year ago maybe almost two, and I was able to pull his primary care provider information and immediately reach out to them with permission, of course. I was immediately able to contact them, let them know what I saw, and express my concerns. This was huge because it later became apparent that he was having some pretty serious suicidal ideations. He was going through a really difficult time that all stemmed from the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. So he and well, myself and the primary care provider were able to have a really nice conversation and get to the, you know, a really good basic understanding and both be involved in his ongoing health. And that was huge. But had I not had that link, that would have been devastating. So just one example of many of why getting that information fresh off the bat is really beneficial in the long run. Number two, Next, after that introduction, after establishing that common bond, you want to set the tone for that visit. You want to go through the order of events, explain the process of what you're about to do that day. I cannot express this enough. Patients want a clear understanding. They don't want to be nervous for what's to come. I have so many patients that are so scared of the exam. I just point blank let them know what we're going to do that day. I say, hey, today's visit is going to be about 45 minutes. What we're going to do first, we're going to go through your medical history. Then we're going to go through an examination, figure out what exactly is going on. If we need to, we're going to take some imaging today. If I already know we're going to do some lab work or testing, that would be the next step that you want to tell them about. Then we'll take care of treatment if we're able to do treatment today. If you already know they're going to be in your office for a procedure, just let them know when that procedure is going to happen. It's just a real clear and concise way to make the patient, again, just more comfortable. There are no surprises. They're going to appreciate that. Another thing I like to add with this is just a basic time estimate. Sometimes the front desk does a good job of explaining this, but it's always nice for them to hear, by the way, today's visit's going to be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh, Personally, in my practice as a chiropractor, the first visit tends to be a lot longer than the follow-ups. So I generally like to let them know today's visit's going to be a little bit longer. Your follow-up appointments are going to be a little bit shorter. um, And that also gives them, again, just a, a clear and concise pattern for what's to come. Always follow up with, do you have any questions before we get started or before we move on to the next step? I like to periodically ask this question throughout the, honestly, throughout the entire new patient visit many, many times because questions can come up at any point. Number three, this is something that surprisingly gets overlooked, I think because we use electronic health records and um, because everything is so digitized now, but Number three, let them know your diagnosis. If you are maybe having a couple differentials, let them know all of them. It's really important that they understand what you're deriving from the exam, what you think the problem might be. And the key tip on this is let them know any of your uncertainties. I just had a patient with this um, last week, actually. He came in with a whole slew of musculoskeletal injuries and issues. 
And I had to be honest with him. Based on his cervical imaging, I wasn't quite sure what was going on with his neck. So I was honest. I said, today we're going to treat your back, but I'm actually going to recommend some further evaluation with so, you know, so-and-so as a specialist before we get into your neck. And he appreciated me being so transparent on that. I could have just ignored the situation, moved on, treated his back and said, see you later. But again, it's about being honest, forward, letting them know exactly what's going on. Another thing to let them know about here is future testing, what the trial of care is going to look like, what the treatments are going to look like, and frequency. I also like to remember, too, to not only use medical terminology, but also layman's terms. So you want to kind of explain to them what's going on, what could have caused it, and also reassure them when it's something that they didn't do wrong, which is most of the time. Um, Patients, as you know, love to get on Dr. Google. And instead of just telling them, hey, you have ankylosing spondylitis, hey, you have breast cancer. It's a really good idea to give them more information so they don't just race home, go on Google and find horrible, horrible information. Um, It's a good idea to let them know the severity of the prognosis, those kinds of things. So just be honest with your patients and be transparent. Number four, right after that, talk a little bit more in depth about the treatment. If it's something that isn't, you know, widely known by most people, explain what the treatment is like, what it entails, how long it takes. And then most importantly, I always personally like to tell my patients what we're going to do if things do not go as planned. I always let them know, okay, we're going to do a, let's say, two to three week trial of care. If we do not see the results we're looking for at the end of that time, then I'm going to refer you to ortho. Maybe I'll refer you to neuro. Then I'm going to send you back to your primary care physician. Whichever is the decision of choice, make sure they know. The biggest reason for this is because a lot of providers, we just tell them, okay, this is what I found. This is what we're going to do. Boom. Done. The patient has no idea what to expect if things don't magically go the right way. And this happens a lot in healthcare, right? Science and medicine, it's not, it's not perfect. You can very well do a treatment that you think is going to work, and then it just doesn't. Um, so it's really important to have that conversation early on. This is most important if you're the type of provider that you don't see the patient frequently. So a surgeon or um, sometimes even a primary care physician, emergency department especially. Um, I can't even tell you how many patients of mine are in the ED and they're told what to do, but they're given no follow-up on what to do if that doesn't work. For example, basic case of back pain, they're given a muscle relaxer, and that's kind of it. Fast forward a week later, they're in my office or a PT office because someone finally recommended they did something else. Why not give them more information right off the bat? One of my really good friends is an ED nurse and she's outstanding. And she always tells the patient, we're going to focus on pain management right now because you're in the ED. However, if this is not resolving in a couple days on its own, here are some options. Chiropractic, physical therapy, call your primary care provider. It's important to give our patients options. That way, again, they're not relying on Dr. Google. And lastly, number five. At the very end, it's important to close not only with a follow-up date, but goals and recommendations. So the follow-up date is huge. For the follow-up, you should kind of let them know, okay, I want to see you in a week. I want to see you in a couple days. I'd like to follow up in three months and see your progress. Whatever specialty you're in, this is going to look different. Whatever specialty you're in, this is going to look different, of course. But just make sure that you have a concise 
plan and that you're letting them know. And then obviously that that's important to close with your staff to make sure that gets scheduled and on the books, especially in today's world, because scheduling is an absolute nightmare right now. Um, I also recommend just having scheduling somewhat easy for your patients. Uh, personally, and thank you for tech, you know, thank you to technology for this. We have the ability to schedule these appointments in person through texting. We have an online scheduler that can do it automatically. And many, many clinics and places have this as well. Also make sure you let them know how they can communicate with you. Sometimes it's just that visit. They know that they're going to talk to you in three months. End of story. You can also remind them that there are other ways, maybe email, text message, using an online portal. That's really, really common now, or obviously a simple phone call as well. But if there's something that needs to be talked about, let them know how to reach you. So many providers leave this open-ended and patients love the ability to contact us and it can be really simple. Next up is goals. Obviously, we should have goals with every single patient, no matter what kind of visit that we're doing. In my practice, I like to have short-term goals and long-term goals. Short-term goals, I really like to make them attainable, and generally, they're going to matter more to the patient. Usually, in my case, it's going to be something related to pain relief. 50% pain reduction, 100% pain reduction, something like that on the numeric pain rating scale. Long-term goals, my personal favorite, they tend to matter more to a healthcare provider usually because they're in the realm of functional goals. What do you want to be able to do in four weeks? What do you want to be able to do in five weeks that you just couldn't do before? Something like that. Make it attainable. Obviously, SMART goals we've talked about before on the podcast, but making it measurable, attainable, something that the patient can be excited about. And lastly, providing recommendations for the patient is huge. We talked about this a little bit in just setting those expectations early on. Um, but home care is huge. Letting the patient know what they can change today to make this condition better and overall give them a sense of patient empowerment. That is honestly the biggest change, I think, in healthcare that's happened over the last five to 10 years. We're no longer creating God complexes amongst providers, and we're actually providing patient empowerment, allowing them to be in control of their health. That is the future. And finally, after all of this is said and done, steps one through five, obviously ask again, do you have any questions? Anything that's left unanswered? It's really important to ask this periodically through the visit as much as possible. Personally, I have found just different parts of the visit to ask this. Normally, normally um, immediately before my examination, immediately afterward, right before I do treatment, and then I do it again right as I'm about to walk them out the door. So to close up, guys, on this episode, one through five, start with number one. You want to have an incredible introduction and most importantly, establish a common bond or link with your patient right off the bat. Number two, we need to set those expectations. We need to set them for that visit. We need to make sure they know all of the components of the visit and how long it's going to be. Number three, make sure you're telling them about your diagnoses. Make sure you're letting them know if there's any uncertainties, next steps, referrals. Just be honest and transparent about the next course of action. Number four, explain the treatment, what it's going to look like, what it entails. Make sure they especially know, guys, what's going to happen if things do not go well. What happens if they don't respond? That is crucial about number four. And finally, number five, Make sure the follow-up date is known. Make sure they're scheduled. Make sure that any home recommendations you're able to give are given. And most importantly, answer any questions that they have. If they don't have any, let them know that you're ready to answer them whenever they do pop up. So that's all, guys. I hope that you found something today that you already know you can change or improve upon. 
Like I said, sometimes we do episodes like these and our listeners immediately can find something they can improve upon. Sometimes it's a whole chunk and sometimes it's like, oh, I never really thought to switch up my introduction or establish a common bond. That's a simple, simple thing you can change today to make that first new patient visit so much better. If you guys have any questions, let me know. As always, I'm here. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. To learn more, find us on Instagram or Facebook at Better Doctor Project or check out our website, betterdoctorproject.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share us with a friend. It helps us reach more healthcare providers who are also striving to make an impact. Thanks again. See you next time.